Okay. Nice. It's another edition of Acoustic Alternatives. We are at Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. The hosts, well, they've been a host for my show since I started. They were the ones who encouraged me to come and do a podcast when my radio job disappeared because of the pandemic. And they thought that it would help kind of, you know, give me a chance to do what I did in Ann Arbor Radio, where I was exposing people to new artists and giving them a chance to discover new music. And that is really what this is all about. It's about turning people on to maybe an artist that they've vaguely heard of or have never heard of or they love. Whenever I get a chance to visit with people, and especially people who I admire, it brings me great joy, and I hope that it does for them as well. Today, we're welcoming to the podcast Sam Robbins. Hello, Sam. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you, and I Thank enjoyed you. the show I saw last night, the one I saw last year, and uh, you know, you had a couple of songs that just really stood out to me. I thought, I need to get to know more about this guy. I need to get these records. I appreciate that. Thank so you. I delved into the records, and I said, all right, this is definitely an artist that belongs on this show. Thank you. I appreciate my, that. My pleasure. We're going to dig into your life a little bit. We'll talk about your latest album. We'll talk about stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to have you sing a song first, though, so people okay. go, oh, why am I here again? Cool. It's for songs. So let's uh, start with the song. What cool. would you like to do first? Um, I, I might do your first request. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to object to that. From last night, it was... Uh, this song, Hard to Hate, which is, should I just play it? Or oh, you can I? do the intro, actually. Okay, yeah. Um, the intro is important to the song. Yeah, Hard to Hate. It's, it's it's on my album that I put out in August, and it's, I think it's my favorite song. Yes, yes. Um, I, I think it's my favorite song on my on my new album, and it, it, it took a while to write. It's like a three-panel kind of song, and it was... It was interesting because it was, you know, it was about when I was growing up and my parents aren't musicians and I didn't really know what to do about music. I grew up in New Hampshire and, and I played an open mic at a bar and I, I played another open mic and another open mic and I, you know, I just had a few songs under my belt and I ended up getting booked at a horrible bar <laughs> and some great bars too. But, um, and I would play, you know, night after night after night after night and, um, I just met a lot of interesting people doing that, and I feel like you know I I, I play shows for people that I care now, but <laughs> which I'm grateful for. But um, there's a part of me that is still there in those bars sometimes, you know. So this song's called "Hard to Hate." I was booked at a biker bar upstate It was leather jackets and guns on hips I whipped in in my dad's red Prius I was stuffed in a corner singing Fire and rain when a hell's angel spun towards me As he was limping over I swore I was about to die then we talked for 20 minutes About his favorite songs from Sweet Baby James His voice got softer and softer It's pretty hard to hate someone When they're right in front of you It's so easy to fall in love when you Take the close-up view When it's not a screen, it's a face It's a heart to name It gets pretty hard to hate When you can really see the flame The fire behind everyone's pain I was booked at a bright pink bachelorette Where they wished I was a stripper Drunk women barking Won't you play my Boo play? I picked his saddest one Just to be rude and much to my surprise One by one they started slowing down and for two whole hours we sang and laughed As we watched the walls come down Their faces got softer and softer It's pretty hard to hate someone when they're 
right in front of you It's so easy to fall in love when you take the close-up view When it's not a screen, it's a face, it's a heart, it's a name It gets pretty hard to hate when you can really see the flame The fire behind everyone's pain I gave Kathy a bag of chips by the side of the road I saw the scars on her face as she said, did you know that I used to be somebody? I used to be somebody. It's pretty hard to hate someone when they start to look like you. It's so easy to fall in love when their face reflects the truth. Then you can never quite escape Good luck fighting off the flame That fire it always remains Oh, it's all the same thing My guest today on Acoustic Alternatives is Sam Robbins. That's a song called Heart Hate. You can find it on his album, Bigger Than In Between. Sam, like any discovery of music, whether it be ABBA or ZZ Top and anything in between, it starts with one song that goes, hmm, what is that? I want to know more about that artist, that band. Hmm. And when I saw you do that one at the Trinity House in Livonia last year, that's where I went, oh, wow. Wow, what am I missing here? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Thanks. just an ear-opening like experience. Too. Oh, thank and, you. And with the story as well. It, thank it, it you. It makes it kind of into place thank you Thanks. yeah that song was kind of kind of an odyssey for me to figure out it's, it was actually completely rewritten there was a totally other version of it really the full song like almost every other than the chorus the chorus was the same every verse was completely different lyrically mm -hmm. how so is, um telling different tales just different parts of your story it was the same story but it was well roughly the same story but it was it was the the lyrics were more straight up okay if that makes sense where like the rhyming was more concise and i played it a few times in front of audiences and i realized when when the rhyming is too clean it was kind of boring like every line rhymed in the whole song and then it was like you know but it's kind of a long song you know yeah. there's a lot to it yeah. and by the end of it it was kind of like that the ear was tired you know what i mean i don't know it's it just kind of an interesting fact about that song that it was completely Completely a different song. Which Michael Bublé song were they yelling for? Oh God! Um, or which one did you play? Oh, I don't even know. I wanna go home. Home. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't remember what they. It's called Home. Yeah, yeah. Simple title. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's back up a little bit. Actually, I mean, almost would want you to play it because it's gonna tell a lot of the answers to the song but the song reverence from the new album actually tells a lot of the tales of your life and it has a lot mm. of the answers to my initial question but tell me where you grew up and a little bit about um yeah I, I grew up in new hampshire portsmouth new hampshire it's like this little sort of coastal port town okay um like five minutes from maine five minutes from mass um yeah grew up there uh yeah very new englandy <laughs> you know very new englandy very new england -y. do you miss it as you come to states like ours, I know you seem to have a real affinity for Michigan already. Yes. Well, I was saying last night that it's like there's kind of a kinship, I feel, with the Michigan vibe. From what I experience, which has only been like two or three times. <laughs> um, but, you know, the outdoorsy vibe, like yeah. the lakes, all that kind of thing. It's similar to New Hampshire in a way, I find. Like, um, I would like to explore more of the state. Um but yeah, this it feels good here. You know, it feels good here. It feels like like homey and it, it, yeah. You're surrounded by water when you're in Michigan. If you're yes, kind of in an island type 
town, that'd be the similar thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be the same because I I played in Grand Haven this summer, mm-hmm. and it was like this is like the same as being on the ocean. You know what I mean? It felt like it was like God, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. It was awesome. What kind of things did a young Sam do in Portsmouth? Um, how young? Like it's your story? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I tried every sort of sport and everything and I was terrible at them all you know when you're a kid and you try stuff like that I was terrible at all of them (laughs) um and then I got into playing drums actually and when I was like maybe 11 and I would play drums and and you know that was my escape you know for six or seven years that's all I wanted to do I just wanted to play drums and I did guitar a little bit on the sing a little bit on the side but I was I was into you know Blink-182 punk drumming like you know yes like beating the yeah. hell out of every i would yeah. used to break cymbals and <laughs> all this crazy stuff because i would hit you know um i'd spend a lot of time doing that a lot of time doing that but um yeah i mean that was the focus of my life for a long time music was, was, pretty much was playing drums really um which really is is a huge part of me still i find but yeah it was a huge thing for years was just you know how hard can I hit these drums? You know, when you're 14 and you know, you're angsty as hell, it's great to just go downstairs and just go, ah, and you yeah. know, <laughs> your parents probably love that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I can't imagine. I, I mean, God bless them. You know what I mean? They put up with that. Yeah. Oh God. I can't imagine. So what led you to guitar then? Since that's a very, like sometimes people go from drums to piano because of the percussive instrument, but you went from guitar, mm, that's drums, interesting. To, drums to guitar. Yeah. I think I think at a certain point deep down I wanted to be a singer and guitar player like I really I really liked Bob Dylan and I really liked John Mayer that was kind of when John Mayer was really big you yeah, know yeah. and and just saw him Oh really? Oh, he didn't cool. see me though. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's pretty far away. Yeah, yeah. Um and those guys the, like you know Jackson Brown, all those guys that I I sort of was enamored with Neil Young. I remember there's a video of Neil Young that I used to just be obsessed with um, when he was 24. And like I think it was, I I almost wouldn't let myself think that it would be possible. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like, oh, you're from this town, like you know you don't know any musicians really. Like people don't really do that. You know people don't really do that. You know and and also it was like the sense that you had to be this huge star, you know, or nothing. And, and I think this is a very long winded answer. Um, I think I have something in my eye now. Um, it's a pupil. It's a pupil. Yeah. yeah. It's for the people probably, watching on video. Should probably leave that in there. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it, it was, I was always enamored with it kind of, you know, like ever since I heard, um, that video that, There's a video of Neil Young, and he's 24, and he's in. Oh man, look at my life! I'm alive like you were. Yeah. And something about that just like, and I, I remember the first time I heard. When you when you used to close at the break of dawn, and I, something about it just grabbed me, but I wouldn't let myself do it. You know, it was like too much to imagine that I could actually do that. And I think you know, my brother played guitar a little bit, and and. And I knew a few people around school that played guitar, but it was like, and guitar and, and drums are, are more similar than I thought to, but I, I think it was like, I let myself do it when I was like 16 or 17. And I was like, maybe I could actually do this. Like, I want to write songs. I want to give myself permission, you know, but it's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to be a singer. You know, you're, you become a singer like yeah. out of nowhere. It's hard to do that. You know, when no one, you know, is really a singer. If I if I was interviewing one of your high school friends right now, what would they think you would have become? Uh, this or something else? Uh, I think by like probably the end of high school, I was kind of like doing this. Okay, so um, people, people probably expected that this is your path. I think by the end of high school, I mean, it was, kind, you know, you do a high school classes and it's fine. And then, but it was, you know, my senior year, I think I had a class that I I designed, quote unquote, that I just sat around and like played guitar. That <laughs> yeah, was my class, you know. And I had yeah. Pretty lucky. Yeah, that was that was really nice that they let me do that. Um so by the end of high school it was probably pretty clear, but but I think the path of you know 
people the oh the train in the distance there is a train oh, it's a good time for a train song yeah okay, keep going <laughs> yeah um david that was david wilcox oh yeah you, yeah. Can't, you can't get that past me <laughs> <laughs> that was a rusty old american when dream. i don't look all that way <laughs> for all the time all the time it's been yeah um sorry <laughs> um same wavelength it's okay yeah um Oh, I forgot where we were. We'll going start a this. new question. Then. Okay, I forget where we I were. I forget too. where we were. Siblings, you have a brother. Yes, yes. Just a brother. Uh-huh, it... just one brother. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the family dynamic. Everybody got along. It was a good household. Yeah, generally. I mean, I think my parents. Um, you know, their greatest gift to me is that they had no idea what the hell I was doing at any time, but they let me do it. Yeah. You know, I remember the day my dad said to me, like, I, I told him, I was like, I think I want to do like music, like after high school, and I thought. For some reason, you know, you have it in your head that it's, this is so stupid and people are going to, and he said, yeah, man, we'll just do it as hard as you can. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, just like commit to something, you know? And I was like, oh yeah, you know? So that was pretty amazing. My brother is, you know, he's, he's a musician and, and he, he plays guitar, um, like as a, as a hobby on the side, he's uh, really into pedals and electric guitar and stuff. And he, uh, he got a PhD in quantum computing. Uh, which is interesting, and I'm here. Um, but it, yeah, generally good, I'd say. You know, it was it was supportive and in in a sort of a an arm's length. Like we have no idea what the hell is going on here, but please give it a shot. Give it a shot. You know what I mean? And 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 that was well. I find I I think that was helpful. You know what I mean? Like it's a good choice. This is this is to me. It seems like what you're meant to do. Having only yeah. seen you a couple of times, it's a very natural. Like I can't. I can't imagine that this person wouldn't succeed after a bit oh, of perseverance. I mean, it's, it takes a bit to, to get to a point yeah. where you're playing bigger rooms and yeah. more people, but I think you've got that Oh, thing. thank you, man. I yeah. appreciate that. You chose to go thank to Berkeley. You. Obviously, you believed enough to make uh-huh. education in it your choice. What were you studying at Berkeley? Um, well, when I got there, I, I wasn't... Berkeley School of Music, by the way. Yeah, yeah, in Boston. being casual yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I grew up an hour from Boston, so it was kind of, you know... My parents really wanted me to go to college, and I wanted to go to college, you know, and, and I think Berkeley, you know, these big steps I've taken, which has been kind of like, okay, Berkeley, like, I'm really committing to this. Move to Nashville, okay, like, these big steps. It's kind of like, I don't really know what I'm getting into. Like, when I went to Berkeley, I wasn't totally sure what I was going to do. Like, I didn't know if I was going to finish. You know, I didn't really know. And um, I ended up being a songwriting major, which is crazy to think of as an actual major at an actual yeah. school but yeah. great you know yeah. um you don't have to present that degree to get a job at you know to play a band. no it's just no no the, the the degree does exist though and i look at it sometimes and and it's it it's there yeah it's in my little studio in nashville but it's kind of funny <laughs> it's kind of funny but you know it's all good. Did you have Livingston Taylor as one of your I teachers? did, I actually. Know, I know James is one of your influences. Yes. And Livingston, his brother, was your teacher. He's also been good at mentoring and taking people on tour with him. That's how I first discovered Seth Clear was as he oh, opened, really? even, as an opening act for Livingston. Mm. Um, and so I know he's done a little bit of that where he takes people that he's taught out with him. Yeah. How did you miss that boat? Well, I wasn't ready at all when I was, because um, I, I took his both his classes my freshman year. And I, I was not even close to ready then. I mean, I shudder to think about it. Um, like, yeah, I wasn't close to ready for any of that, you know? And, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, his classes were really, I'm doing a festival this year and he's, he, I'm playing, I think the same day that he's playing. So that's going to be kind of epic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, Hey, remember me from 20, whatever. Yeah. He probably, I'm sure he won't, but I'm, yeah. but I'm interested to, I'm interested to talk to him about it, you know? Um, and, and sorry, what I said, I hope that goes well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it'll be fun, but yeah, I, I, I was, I was not ready at that point <laughs> at all to, to be really playing out that much. You know, I had a few songs and I liked playing, but I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it exactly mm-hmm. at that point, you know? It's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine. So people want to know that story. There is a song on the new album called Reverence. I don't know if you want to play that one. Sure. You don't have to, but yeah. it seems like a good, like, natural progression because yeah. it does tell your tale pretty well, unless that's about some other guy who's got a similar career to no, you. No, no. <laughs> um, let me grab this guitar and do it on this one. Um, let me see what tuning this is in, right? I have no idea. Oh, it's in the right tuning, everybody. My God. Um, 
Yeah, this was this was that David Wilcox song, Rusty Old American Dream. It's really, you know, a blues song. And, and um, this song was kind of written. I wanted to have fun with the song. And I wanted to try to write in that feel. And I wanted to just, you know. And I, I had heard the word reverence. I remember I, I, I had was listening. Oh, yeah, I was listening to a Matthew McConaughey interview. <laughs> the wellspring of inspiration. Yes, of course. Um, and he said that. He said, you know, people need a little more reverence for things. You know, it's like this. It's just kind of a cool word, you know. Um, and I got out the guitar and I started playing a blues lick and this appeared. <laughs> yeah, I was 12 when I held my first pair of drumsticks. Oh, they glowed by my parents' basement lights And I tore them unbashing on my blue sparkle kits But I still got them in the drawer in my bedroom closet And I was 15 when I got my first guitar Yes, I opened up the case to a cheap red fender And I know that it wasn't much No, just painted plywood But I took care of it, I cherished it Till we both played pretty good Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to live with some reverence Give some importance Set out with some intent Yes, and be grateful for it all Appreciate what's given When past two generations And realize that nothing Nothing is as simple as it seems Well, I'm trying to have some reverence For what's in front of me Now I've only had this guitar for a few years Every scratch on it is mine And we feel so intertwined But I don't see it as an instrument It's more like a samurai sword It's a lifetime of service Well used and well worn and I've been singing out for a while now I got a few jagged scars I've smiled on TV I've had stars laugh at me Strumming this guitar But I think I'll be out What my success really means, yeah Oh, it's being grateful for being able To really be me well, I'm trying to live with some reverence Give some importance Set out with some intent Yes, and be grateful for it all Appreciate what's given I went past the generations And realized that nothing Nothing is as simple as it seems Oh, well, I'm trying to have some reverence I'm trying to have some reverence I'm trying to have some reverence For what's in front of me Nice. Thanks. A track called Reverence you can find on Sam Robbins' latest record. It's called Bigger Than In Between and tells the tale of his uh, young life that we just talked about. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we could have written a song afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Appreciate you doing that. That mm. does have a bit of a David Wilcox feel. And I actually oh, yeah. I recognized that same feel when you were playing the one last night that has the capo, the short capo. That yeah. Have, yeah. I mean, a lot of the songs that I wrote during that time, um, this was like fall 2020 even. And, and I was experiencing a large sort of shift in my mindset as the world was falling apart, continued to fall apart. Um, and, and someone mentioned David Wilcox to me 
um, at a show. And I said, I think I've heard his name. But I don't know. I had a seven-hour drive the next day, and I just devoured the discography. Like, unbelievable. And I, and I got home, and I, I just kind of wrote songs as just trying stuff out. Like, yeah. oh, let's try this tuning. Like, he does where he goes. You know what I mean? Crazy. Like, like all that kind of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... um. A few songs sort of appeared from that, and that was one of them. Um, I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a ripoff, but, you know, whatever, it's fine. Well, no, it's, a, <laughs> it's just an ode to his style. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, yeah, it is. Well, in the in the future part of the conversation, we'll just bring it up now because we're talking his name, you wrote a song with him. Yeah. And it's going to be on his next record. That's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was an interesting thing. Yeah, I met him um, summer 2021, I think, um, and... I talked to him a little bit and, and he said, let's write a song together. And we got together at his house and wrote this crazy song, <laughs> uh, David Wilcox insanity kind of song and in a good way. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be on his next record, which is really exciting. Very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. I'm excited. Some other friends of mine, the accidentals got to write a song with him as well. I don't know if that's oh, really? the next record or not, but a band from Michigan that now lives near you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know Sav. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. You Sav should. and I did Kerrville together. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there you go. She also said that they wrote a song with him. So. Oh, cool. Oh, we'll fine. see what happens with that. Yeah. So let's look at your discography. In 2016, there okay. was something called Up North. Uh, and he oh, wow. And it came out digitally, right? Yes, yes. Well, I did actually have a very limited run of CDs, oh. but, you know, I was, like I said, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't really ready. <laughs> are, are, those, are those songs ones you, I don't say embarrassed is probably the wrong word, but just ones you don't uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, um, honestly, like, there, I, I have this tendency I've, I'm learning that once I record something, I like am kind of like I can't listen to the recording again, you know, and, and you know, all of this, that song and the first song I played are edited from how they are in the album. Cause you know, and I look back and I'm like, Oh yeah, I would have done that differently, that differently. And I, I feel like maybe it's just the curse of, you know what I mean? Um, but that one, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to try have, I actually, I won this competition where I won a studio time, studio time for like three days or something. Mm-hmm. And so we recorded really high quality recordings, but I, you know, the songs, you know, some of my first songs, just like, yeah, whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah. Like any job, you should get better at it as you go along. Yes, right? yes. You know, and I'm grateful for that. Sometimes people come out when their first album is the best thing they've ever done and they can't repeat anything. And then, then so sometimes it's the other way around. They, they have something that's really promising and then they hit their peak and they have three or four or five albums in and kind of hold it up there. That's Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. You know, I think I think I'm still honestly learning about like how I want to do album. Like I'm probably going to do a live album, um, and just learning about how I want to do recording and and stuff going forward. Like you know, with every step, I'm kind of you know trying to figure that out. It's all right. Yeah. Well, after that EP, there were a couple of singles, and uh, then in 2021, this very strong album that wasn't really on my radar until this one because i didn't know about you yet yeah but this has some really great tunes i'm very fond of uh, uh remind me saying amen putting it all together mm. particularly on this record so oh, thanks those of you who are discovering this album do yourself a favor oh thank you that's a great <laughs> album as well and then really another very excellent album that wasn't on my radar until i saw you yeah uh bigger than in between uh we already did hard to hate one that really stood out made me take notice wouldn't change a thing bigger than in between what kind of faith are you praying in? Uh, just one Cronkite, all I know. I mean, these are all songs that really grabbed me. If I still had a, a radio show where I got to play whatever I wanted, yeah. those are all the songs that I'd be playing. Oh, well, these thank you. Like I those, appreciate it. Those would all be getting airplay in thank some way, you. shape, or form. Uh, wouldn't Change a Thing kind of brags about your down-to-earthness, <laughs> which, is, which is nice, though. <laughs> if you had a chance to be that star that you sing about, would you actually welcome that chance? Uh, Like, I think so. I mean, I think... The star thing, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I can't really imagine how it would, ha- you know what I mean, how it would happen. I think, like, there's, like, the Brandy Carlisle level of star where it's, like, you know, she's been doing it for, like, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And now in the past, like, five years, she's become kind of, like, a celebrity. Absolutely. You know? And that's di- that's so different than, you know, so many people where it's, like, oh, their first album, they, they signed with a deal and suddenly they get promoted on their first album and it's kind of like i don't know i, I think i would rather have the brandy way even even though like the slow burn the slow build yeah the slow burn the slow build well and and obviously it's not 
and not saying if someone came, hey, would you want to be a multimillionaire celebrity? Like I would be like, no, no. no. Well, that's like, it might be uncomfortable. I mean, you can't well, go. yeah, it depends. I mean, I think like some of the stuff that, especially I see it in Nashville where the the country star thing and like like you know lower level country stars, what seems from my perspective, what seems to have to be done at that world of, of where your celebrity is the thing that's promoting you rather than your work. You know what I mean? I shouldn't say that about the country stars thing. It, it It's, it's not anyone in particular. It's just like, you know, I, I think sometimes the, the celebrity famousness of it can, can be how much of that is going to affect the career. You know what I mean? Like Randy Carlisle is not, She's a celebrity, but it's more on the back of this 30-year career. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I've met her several times. She's very oh, really? and very nice. Yeah, where it's like, you know, I've met some, like, celebrities, and it's like, sometimes it's yeah. like they're not on earth. You know what I mean? We discussed that later in the, there's a thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, my God, the research. Look at you. If you, you can't see it if you're, you're listening. But, my God, the, the research, the papers he has. Oh, Well, just to make sure that I keep good flow here i was told about the legend of your interviewing skills so thank you yeah (laughs) well uh not necessarily name dropping but just as a similar point of view i asked ed sheeran when he was touring for his first album when nobody heard of him in the u.s i said about your song lego house is that about tearing down a relationship and building it back up again he says yes exactly you're the first person to get that and at this point the album had been out in the uk and number one selling album hadn't come out in the u.s and i was like really no one else got that so i'm going to say this about one of your songs and I'm assuming I'm right, but maybe maybe I'm the first person to get this as well. Just one Cronkite seems to be uh, you watching the news and being disgusted by it and then writing about your disgust of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Just one Cronkite is another, as I mentioned, one of the standout cuts. Yeah. What inspired specifically that song? That's actually one of my favorite songs that um, that I put on the album. That it, It's very dark. Uh, and I wrote it like when the George Floyd 2020 thing, right around then. Mm-hmm. And um, I had had that idea in my head it's because it was fascinating that you know someone you know there were there were these newscasters that historically were so trusted you know it's uh, it's almost unbelievable to imagine that now you know what i mean it's like and and i was thinking man it, it would just be nice if there was one voice of reason somewhere you know what i mean like something you know yeah if there was one voice of just reason one somewhere, guy like Cronkite. yeah, just one Cronkite. Yeah. Like it's just like somewhere, but there was no. You know, there was Trump. There was all these crazy. You know what I mean? It was just like one, like someone that could be trusted in some way, like you know, in the media or something. And, and I mean, there there are obviously people that can, and but you know, everything's tint, tainted with a little bias now, and you know, social media and everybody's getting things in different ways. It's interesting. I have a few years on you, so the, uh, the way that news was consumed by me when I was your age was not a 24-hour news cycle where there was always a barrage of something happening because you had access to it yeah. in your pocket. You know, back then you had to tune into the news to find out what was going on. There was no like, oh my God, did you hear? It was, you had to wait till the five o'clock news or whatever to find out what was happening. Yeah. Unless you happen to listen to a news station on AM radio or something. But now we're barraged with it anytime we open any it's fine. It's nice to be informed, but yeah. you can't escape it. Yeah. And sometimes it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely like, I think we're just so in the infancy of, of this media source, you know, like, of, I mean, how long, 10 years maybe that everybody's had a phone yeah. and everybody's had the social media thing. And I think like it can, it can add drama. Look, people are saying X, yeah. but it's like, okay, two or three people tweeted about this thing. You know, <laughs> that's not, people. there are people, but it's not like the consensus of the world. Right. You know, it can create this like, you know, and then people will be like, well, people are saying X. That's so crazy. You know, anyways, I can go on about this forever. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, the album itself, the newest album, uh, says in the liner notes, was written during lockdown. So mm. obviously inspired by maybe some of that that you were witnessing on the TV, radio, whatever. Uh, being isolated, but now we're not there anymore. You're out touring again. What mm. kind of things are coming to you now? What kind of things are you writing about now? Um, I'm writing a lot lately, actually. Um, I I think the during lockdown, it was interesting for me because, you know, I had played mostly in New England, and so then getting out and 
this is going to be a very long-winded answer again. <laughs> um, you know, in lockdown, it was it was I was exploring things with no sense of an audience other than online every once in a while. But it took me a while to warm up to the online thing. But um, no sense of an audience. So I was writing these songs that were kind of really dark. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I I wasn't quite sure when I was in the middle of it. I was like, what do I want to present to like audiences and stuff? You know, when I really get out in a more like national way, because I played only in New England, you know, and, and I didn't. And now I think I'm trying to, I'm not trying, I'm kind of writing whatever, but it feels like the songs are more positive. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think the world is more positive now. Good point. But but I think, like, I'm playing for people more regularly now, so I want to think about what am I putting out into the world, kind of. And so I want the songs like Just One Cronkite, where, you know, that song is dark as hell. I don't even remember the tuning. Oh, yeah, this is the tuning. You know, it's like, like, you know, dark, scary, you know, crazy chords and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was a beautiful rendition of it. Oh, yes. Um, it's and, like you're insulting yourself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so I like to have those, especially on the albums, but, but it was like, you know, when I'm playing for people, I want to bring some positivity, Yeah. you know, and, or, 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 you know, I like, I love music that is between the emotions. You know what I mean? It's like that's Jackson Brown does so well, I think, you know, and, and where it's it's not sad. It's not happy, but there's like this nostalgic feeling where they come together. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. You know, I really like that feeling a lot. Nice. Yeah. I'm John Bomarito. We're here with Sam Robbins at Grove Studios. Grove, by the way, I, I mentioned them at the top of the podcast. If you're a local musician in Ann Arbor or Detroit, kind of in the middle there, Ipsy, you can uh, find this as a great place to bring your band for practice, get out of the garage and get into the studio, as they like to say here. Uh, very affordable, 24-7 keypad operation. I gave Sam a quick tour. It's nice. Yeah, it it's nice. really nice. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of, I didn't show you the studios where DJs are practicing sometimes. Actually, there was one as I was loading in today who was just finishing up his session, just getting his skills scratching and making lots of noise. And he had it cranked up. So it's the kind of thing you can't do in your apartment yeah. or even sometimes in your house because your neighbors are like, what are you doing down there? So that's why Grove exists. It's a really cool place. So check them out, Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Another song. What would you like to do? I might do just one Cronkite. I, I don't play it enough that I would probably butcher it. That's um, okay. That's the sound of guitars. Yeah, guitars slamming into each other. Um, carnage. I think I'm going to do... Uh, I think I'm going to do this song. This is the title track to the album. And it was... It was yeah, it was written during lockdown times, kind of, and, and you know, I don't like you know, I don't like it to be too much about like specific COVID stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we've heard we've heard so much about it at this point, but you know, it was written during that time, and I had heard this song, um, this traditional song, "Hard Times Come Again No More." You maybe heard it, and I heard this great arrangement of it. That was it was kind of similar to this, and you know, I've spent years by the door. With untied shoes Counting everything Oh wait, no, this is my song. <laughs> wait, sorry, I mixed it up. I heard the the version of it, which is Let us pause in life's pleasures And count its many tears While we all sup sorrow with the poor And then Tis the song, the sigh of the weary Oh, hard times, hard times Come again no more Many days we have lingered Around my cabin door Oh, hard times Come again no more I heard that song and, and I became so enamored with it and I, I learned it and I learned different versions of it and it was a song about hard times and hard times had come and so I I wrote a song about my experience with it and my, my thoughts on a lot of things. It's, it's called Bigger Than In Between.
I've spent years by the door With untied shoes Counting everything I could lose If I take that first step And my feet don't fly If I let my fragile dreams Break free but die but I feel what my eyes can't see There must be something bigger than in between From every life I've ever lived This is what I've gleaned There must be something bigger than in between I felt it in gymnasium dances In weddings and funerals too Glowing moments Pushing us towards the truth That no matter what we tell ourselves Or try to prophesy No one knows the road back home but we can read the signs And I feel what my eyes can't see There must be something bigger than in between From every life I've ever lived This is what I've gleaned There must be something Bigger than in between These days I bounce between my phone And my TV screen A million voices Shouting louder and louder at me I don't know what to say anymore I don't know what to think There's so much fear behind everything But when I walk outside My neighbors smile at me I still see the beauty In the new blue sky And it's so easy to see That there must be something There's gotta be something There must be something Bigger than in between It's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bigger Than In Between from Sam Robbins from his album of the same name on Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios. Uh, appreciate you playing all the songs and showing off your guitar skills. <laughs> the, the drummer turned uh, guitar player. Yeah. Nashville. They're all connected. You know. Nashville via, via New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Man who almost thinks uh, Michigan might be his next home. Oh my God. It's nice here. I was I was calling my girlfriend. I was like, man, this this is like one of my favorite states I've like visited. It. You know, it's there's so much to do. There's so many different communities. Like, the music scene just seems so strong. It'd be nice if somebody moved from Nashville to Michigan for a change. I know. As opposed to the other way around. I know, I know. we're losing a lot of our best to Nashville. Well, it's great to, you know, get out and experience something. Like, that's you know, part of the reason I moved to Nashville. was like, well, let me experience life in a different way, yeah. away from everybody I know. Like, let's just try something. Um, yeah. That's funny, though. <laughs> that's funny. We've talked a bit about your influences already. We've we've name-dropped the James Taylors and the Neil mm. Youngs and, you know, the, the David Wilcox, the people of the, the past. There are modern singers like yourself that are kind of doing a similar influence by. One that I'm hearing in your music, whether you know his music or not, I don't know, is Donovan Woods. Do you know Oh, Donovan? I actually used to love Donovan Woods. I haven't, used to. I kind of, well, well no, I mean, I still do. <laughs> what did he do But to I you? used to, like, really listen to him a lot. Um and that that was interesting. 
Yeah, because he's like a Nashville country writer. But too. he lives in Canada half the year. Like, does he? He commutes back and forth. Oh, Canada okay. Yeah. Because yes, he, he has that whole Nashville thing, which is kind of interesting. He does. Who else is the, in that vein of the newer songwriters that you really admire? Um, Man, there are like so many and I'm blanking on them. Um, it might be the same answer as what do you listen to in the car. I don't know. Oh, same yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because you are. Oh my god! I mean, half Suddenly, your half your job is is driving. Is driving? Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. The um, I know a really good one you should check out. What? Mine. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh no, I have listened. I have listened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, oh my god! I should look at my phone. Uh, for some reason, I'm blanking on it. There's um a guy in Austin I met actually. It's kind of fun because you like you meet people mm-hmm. and then you love their music and it's like oh. You know, it's great. Like um, this guy, Pat Byrne in Austin, I met. He's so great. Amazing songwriter. And um, Liz Longley, who I know you've had on here. Liz has been a guest. Love a her. Yep. Um, I sent her a little clip of your show last night. I said, eh, you just got name dropped. Oh, at, really? At <laughs> she hasn't replied yet. But she oh, that's actually. awesome. Yeah, um, yeah and, and um, oh, my God. I'm just forgetting people's names, unfortunately. Okay, we'll move um, on. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Well, no, no. God, I should know. Now I now I really now I'm really curious. I mean, I listen to a lot of playlists. Uh, oh, I'm listening to Pepper right now. I listen to a lot of um Tommy Emmanuel, although he's not very new. No. Um I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. It's okay. <laughs> so uh the two records that have been out came yeah. out during the pandemic. How did you keep yourself sane during the peak of the pandemic? Was it doing these records? I mean, I think that my story is is different probably than a lot of musicians because I kind of got my start in this kind of thing during that a little mm. bit. You know, like I said, I had played in New England a lot and I had done that and I had moved to Nashville like six months before COVID. And I, I was trying, I was in, you know, I was young. I just got out of college and I was just trying a bunch of different stuff. And, and I, I was not, I, 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 during COVID, I was, I was enamored in just discovering more of like the modern folk scene. You know what I mean? And, and, and I didn't really know how big it was, honestly. Like I had done stuff in New England and, and I just, I wasn't as hooked into the whole world of it as I am now. And, you know, people like Liz Longley, she, she, I got together with her and it, right before COVID. And, and she was telling me about 20 Front Street and she was saying, you know, you know, there's this whole world out there outside of New England that, like, I don't think you've tapped into. And so it took a long time to get tapped because mm-hmm. um, of COVID, yeah. you know. But uh, but honestly, I was I was pretty... I, I, it gave me a chance to re, like, think about the way I... You know, this, the songs are, are really about that. Like, that last song, it was about thinking... Irreverence. They're thinking about the way I perceive myself and how I want to do music because, you know, I was... I was in this world a little bit where it was, you know, Nashville and, and, you know, if you're not a star, then you're nothing. And you know what I mean? Like there's that kind of narrative out there in the world and, mm-hmm. and that exists less in the folk scene, you know? Um, and, and I was, I was pretty entertained. I took a bluegrass guitar course. I, you know what I mean? I would, I, I beat super Mario 64. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I, I doing these albums was, was part of it, but it was, I was playing a lot of guitar. I was, you know what I mean? I was writing, you know, it was the, this whole album had almost been written by the time this one was released, the first one. <laughs> and, you know, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Kind of how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of folks, I mean, we've talked about the Michigan music scene and how strong it is just briefly, but some of those folks that live in this Michigan music scene don't get to do what you do. Something must have been a catalyst for you to be able to afford essentially to go out on tour and not just play mm. regionally. Cause a lot of these people I think are fantastic. Just kind of stick to the mitten. Yeah. The, the mitten. mitten yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reference that on stage, but that's all they can really afford to do. Cause it's not lucrative for them to go other places. Yeah. Was there a door opener for you that got you that opportunity to play well outside of your state? I mean, I think, I think part of the benefit of Nashville is that it's so central. And so it's not super hard to get to other communities you know well there has to be a demand for you to go there though. oh oh yeah this is that was for. difficult where's where's the demand coming from like what was there a a door opening ev- um, event that made it so that you could come play michigan i think kerrville the kerrville folk fest new folk competition that was kind of a 
I mean, looks I good on a resume. Yeah, you know, and it, and it was kind of like I mean, obviously, you know, like if if you show up and you're bad playing, yeah, then it's, it's you know what I mean. That's kind of the end of the road. But like it was, there were little things that you kind of helped turn the key a little bit. And and again, not not that I'm playing huge places and you know doing all that kind of stuff at all, but like being able to tour like this, like I mean, I'm doing probably 150 plus shows this year, and and get out there and like do that you need a, a little bit of a push in that kind of promotional mm-hmm. way but it's sort of like ties into what i was saying before about the like celebrity thing yeah where i'm like how not even remotely saying that i'm a celebrity that's not what i'm saying but like how much of the celebrity or how much of the like accolades are going to open the door for you you know what i mean it's interesting it's, it was kind of like i think my mentality with all this stuff now is like i just want to try to be good at what i do and like you know, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. But like one person at a time is going to like it. You know, somebody last night in 20 Front Street. I mean, I think it was good. But, I, you know, some people probably were like, yeah, that was that was fine. And then somebody was like, oh, I really like, you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. And, and building up those little connections, like being able to get in one place at a time and then having them like you. And, and it, it really, for me, it was like, I just want to be good at what I do as the main promotional you are oh thank you <laughs> that's why you're here yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> like i just want to be good at that and have that be the promotion and the rest of it the social media like all that kind of stuff is 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 part of the game yeah. but it's not feeding the beast like it's not the other way around you know yeah. anyways that was kind of long-winded but <laughs> you got a uk I mean, you got like uk press that is not that easy to do either for a independent singer song yeah that too. was interesting how did that happen i don't really know oh, honestly well. um I, I had this these great pr people that i worked with uh, and there's someone in boston this this great guy in boston who helped pay for some of the stuff for the album which was that was great um and he's a an angel among men um and he he helped with the pr and that was that was cool i mean it was interesting to see that kind of work and i was like oh, uk there you go. That's far. Maybe you'll get over there someday. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. What has been your greatest experience on stage so far? Your favorite show you've played or just most memorable like live moment in your performing career? Oh, man. Not one jumping out at you. Oh, no. There are tons that I love. Um, I mean, one of them was this summer... There's a in in Portsmouth, my hometown. There's this concert series at, at this park called Prescott Park, and you know I went there and when I was growing up, they're free concerts, and I would ride my bike there. And they would, you know, they had huge, you know, they had John Prine, they had, you know, Gillian Welch, Dave Rawlings, they had, you know, Brett Denon, all these singer songwriters, Martin Sexton, which blew my mind. Martin Sexton, I remember, I had no idea who he was, and I was like in high school, and it just was like, whoa, yeah. you know, and um, all those kind of guys and. and I got to open a show there this summer, which I always kind of was like, man, you know, that'd be cool to get on stage. And I remember I, I was there and, and it was just such a, a beautiful moment for me. It's overlooking the river. And I was like, man, this is great. You know, it's big, probably 1500 people there. You know, it was a big outdoor, beautiful thing in my hometown. And I remember the, the guy that booked me my first gig my first like show outside of just kind of open mics and stuff where, you know, I'm going to play my songs. Yeah. He was there right oh, in cool. the front and I hadn't seen him in years. And I remember he was right there. <laughs> it's like, one Oh of, man, one of your door openers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little, I mean, that's the thing. It's like these little, you know what yeah. I mean? Little door openers and little, and it's just, that's the, yeah. I think like looking at trying to be like, how do I become famous? And Oh my God, how do I, you know, it's like, it's just not like Brandy Carlisle, you know, it's been like yeah. 30 years and here she is at this, you know, crazy thing, but it's great, you know, and hang anyways. out with Joni Mitchell because, you know, that's what she does. Yeah, now. that's just what she does, you know. <laughs> and she's on every stage everywhere. Which yeah, is and Joni Mitchell even, you know, Joni Mitchell is obviously a legend, but like, you know, Joni Mitchell blew up quickly and, you know, I, I don't think she liked it really. Probably not. You know, and so you got to <laughs> think about that too. Like she has all this yeah. money now and obviously she's Joni Mitchell, but it's like, would I rather be Brandy Carlisle or Joni Mitchell? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. Probably Brandy Carlisle, if I had to choose, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, there was, um, we're talking about the things you've done, I guess, to kind of get more well known. And there mm. were two things you did. We mentioned oh, yeah. on stage yesterday. And they were, you know, 
Oh it's, yeah, it's yeah. Throwing yourself out there. So you 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 did try to do the voice. You yes, did I try forgot about that. Well, I mean, because yeah. it's not a significant part of your career in the sense that it built your fan base. You're building your fan base the old fashioned way. You're putting out great albums. You're playing in front of people. You're singing your songs. You're mm-hmm. telling your stories. But those had to be interesting experiences, without a doubt. Oh, it was yes. And it could have been like that huge door opener that made yeah. it so that you could play those bigger rooms. Yeah, and not have to worry about. Well, okay. Had you been able to, with foresight, knowing that they weren't going to react well to a Jim Croce song on The Voice, was, uh, yeah. would you have picked a different song just knowing full well that they're probably not going to like something so quiet, I guess? Um, it's beautiful. I, I, there, it's hard to find it, but there is somebody critiquing you singing it, like somebody watching it and critiquing it. Oh, That's really? the only way you can watch it. Oh. I found it. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was off of <laughs> It is off, except for these people like oh, talking about it. really? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I should have them delete it. Um, that's funny. That's a long time. Oh, it's ago. not a bad performance at oh, all. Thanks. Yeah, that was. They weren't that mean to you. No, they weren't. They weren't. They you, were you said Katy Perry was very mean to you on Idol. Yes, she, she was very mean. Showed up in the news this week being mean to one of the newer contestants. Some oh, really? mom. Yeah, she's kind of trashing her for being a mother of three at twenty five or something like that. That's, yeah. that's not for you to judge, Katy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that was the beginning of you know. I have a song where I, I don't know if I can swear, but I say BS. You can because you know. it's a podcast. And oh yeah, it's a podcast. Show. Yeah, where I say I say you know it's all bullshit, and 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 I think that was the beginning of my bullshit journey. Was was you know, and and not that those shows aren't great, but both of those experiences, which the voice experience was much more in depth than the idol one, and this was years ago, but and they, it was, it was a reality TV show, to the general public. Which is different than the audience that I want to get to. You know what I mean? And so it was like, you know, things were not natural. Things were not normal. Like it was like, you know, Katy Perry telling me, oh, you put me to sleep. Like, you know, Luke Bryan, like falling, like literally falling asleep while I'm playing. You know what I mean? It what was did like, you play for Idol? I played the song about my dad. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And, um, and, but I said with Idol, I was like, you know, because the voice experience didn't go very well. And then. I tried out for the idol thing and it was like, you know, I'm just going to play the the slowest, weirdest, like, you know, no chorus. There's no hook. I'm not. And if they like it, then we'll see what happens. But I'm not going to do anything other than my, than what I want to do. And and same with with uh, what I did on The Voice. You know, I was it was cool that looking back, you know, it was like it, it's kind of cool that I did. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of interesting to do that, I think, looking back and 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 looking at where it's it's a funny story now which is all i want it to be you know it's like when your career goes up like crazy like that through something like that it it i don't know perhaps you should hook up with aj croce's croce does croce tour that's I, yes i've heard that of that tour. oh that would be awesome that would be a sensible audience for you yes yes i've i've yeah there's an idea I, that is a good idea. I actually saw a billboard for that. I was oh, like, nice. the cool promo picture of him yeah. like, in the same like guitar same style. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think generally those shows. What I what I've realized the problem is is that I think like you have to define your audience. You know what I mean? Like, who are you playing for? Like, I want to play for people like you. You know what Thank I mean? And I'm sure people listening to this podcast where it's like, you know, it's not the whole world. You know, it's and it's not that they're other people are dumb or something the general public is stupid or something Mm -hmm. like that or my music is so uh, or anything it's just that like you have to define your audience a little bit like if you play to everybody you're kind of playing to nobody you know what i mean yeah um anyways there you go (laughs) my guest today is sam robinson acoustic alternatives uh before we close out can we do the saying amen track oh yeah yeah is that the same guitar different guitar it's a Different. different guitar all right i'm glad i broke out that other guitar yeah so you weren't sure if it was going to be worth it. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, it it's very worth it. Um, Tell me about this one too, please. Yeah, this is this is a, a an interesting song for me because it was written. Um, you know, it was written. It was a it was a letter to somebody <laughs> that I wrote. I had played a show where I played with a Christian musician, and you know he. He was a great guy and everything, and the music was about love and acceptance and all this stuff. And then I friended him on Facebook, and um, it's suddenly I don't think he's really about any of that stuff, you know. And it was the music was extremely Christian, and and this is my one angry song. Um, 
Well, I no, I have a few, but this is the one angry song that I actually play live. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it, it was a song that was not really supposed to be a song. It was just a letter. Just what would I say to this guy if I could? And um, I ended up winning the Kerrville, being one of the winners with Sav from the Accidentals, um, of the Kerrville New Folk Competition. Yeah. Um, with this song and, and another one of my songs too. Sorry, I gotta get it tuned up. Yeah, it's called Saying Amen. You've got light blonde hair Skin like mine Married in 1990 Two kids by 95 Bible by your bed You swear Jesus knows your name But don't think he doesn't see What you post online every day And you say you love a good book So why don't you take a good look at yourself Cause there are people going through hell that we can't understand Why don't you care about them? So go on, keep on saying amen Yeah, you got a good job now You say you got there with your own hands It's real easy to preach it When you don't have to understand That it's not saying your life's been easy Or that you haven't worked for your blessings But it hasn't been made harder By the color of your skin you say you love a good book So why don't you take a good look at yourself Cause there are people going through hell that we can't understand Why don't you care about them So go on, keep on saying Amen Amen now Trans friends brave for being alive Amen for the Bible And for Jesus Christ Amen for the women Who shouldn't have to fight for their rights Amen for the White House And the good people still inside Why don't you take a good look at yourself? Cause there are people going through hell that we can't understand. Why don't you care about them? So go on, keep on seeing our men. Call that a happy accident if that wasn't intended yeah, to be a yeah, song. Yeah, it wasn't really. It really wasn't. That's, that's a fantastic one. And deservedly so a winner. Oh, thank you. That's, thank you. It's fantastic. You are on a great path, I think. I, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It means a lot coming from you. You've, you've heard a lot of them, so thank uh, you. Yeah, you're right. Uh, thank you for saying that about me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I look forward to seeing where your journey takes you next. I've heard a couple of the new songs. You played a couple last night. Yeah. And uh, they sound real good. The second one, I think, if I was going to pick between the two, had the, the stronger vibe to uh -huh. it for me and a little yeah oh yeah i opinion. agree I, I like them both but yeah yeah, yeah. if yeah. i was going to pick one over the other for like if that's all you gave me that's a second one uh, uh but good stuff coming you. obviously any plans to like get back in the studio you're still writing for that yeah um i mean i have i've been writing a lot lately but um i might be doing a live album 
from a house concert, which is kind okay. of interesting. Um, but so yeah, it's more what we're going to see live. Yeah. See yeah. I kind of am just interested in that. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The live album is kind of the next thing on the docket, I think for me, but yeah. Well, please keep in touch and let me know what you're up to. Email list available on your website. What is yes. Your, what is your website? Uh, it's samrobbinsmusic.com. Because if we don't put music in, we get some other guy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is a doctor, a uh, men's health doctor. I'll say that. <laughs> yes, a men's pill dispensing health doctor. <laughs> Dr. Sam Robbins. Two million subscribers on YouTube. Anyways. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> it's been interesting. You should start selling pills. I, guess. I know. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could be an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> We're at Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Uh, again, if you're a musician in the area, DJ or a podcaster like myself, this is a place you're going to want to check out. Very affordable keypad operation, available 24-7, as long as it's not already booked, and I uh, highly recommend it. And I thank them for inspiring me to continue doing what it is that I loved doing in radio. So if not, I don't get to do yeah. an interview with my new friend, Sam Robbins. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. A total pleasure. And uh, there will be more. I've got at least one more booked and lots in discussion, so keep your eyes on the podcast, this is number 54, 55. I've lost track now. Wow. If you've not heard the one with Liz Longley, I yeah. encourage you to go listen to that one. Uh -huh. If you're a fan of what Sam is doing here, um, I, I'll continue doing it. Thanks, Sam. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you.